This is a HeadGum Podcast. Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America, is a podcast where comedian Michael Ornelas is traveling the country, eating at all chain restaurants in search of the perfectly average 5.0 out of 10 dining experience. The objective middle threshold of where bad becomes good. Friend of the Doughboys, Marissa Pinson and John Glover were the most recent guests as they reviewed Costco's Food Court. It's a two-part episode that covers everything from discontinued menu items to how many Costco hot dogs they could fit in their mouths. Damn, I wish I was on that episode. I'd crush that. Head over to linktree.com slash fine dining podcast, F-I-N-E-D-I-N-I-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, and click B's giveaway to enter a giveaway for an all-expenses-paid trip to your local Applebee's, the current frontrunner for the most mediocre restaurant in America at 5.02 out of 10 for you and up to three of your friends. And you can watch or listen to Fine Dining on your platform of choice while you're there. Enter by May 1st, and the winner will be announced on the May 8th episode. Disclaimer, $50 will be provided for transportation along with a $200 Applebee gift card. I love doing those fast read disclaimer things. Go give fine dining a listen. The search for the most mediocre restaurant in America. What's up, shithead? Welcome back to another episode of High and Mighty. It's your boy. Notice that number's going back up. It's been a depressing month here in Los Angeles. From the South Shore of Nassau County, Long Island, it's Todd Gabris. All you gotta do is trust me. Jackson, Maine, what are you doing here? Abortion is healthcare. Uh, yeah, thank you. Topical. Also, are you out of breath because you ripped a bong right before you started this huge? Yeah, yeah, I should die. Wait a second. Yeah, you should have. Uh, yeah, I know, Jackson, Maine. Also joining me in the High Mighty Studios, my newest son of ghost, Arthur Gabris. Arthur, give him a shout out. Arthur, not currently in here, but should be joining us shortly. Also joining me in the High Mighty Studios. I've known this dude since he was 12, I think, when I met him. I have no idea. He's a young buck. Killing in the comedy community. It's Kyle Anderson. Dude, that was fucking. People don't realize the musicality that has when done in front of them, I, I don't think. Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, I, 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 I it's like. If I take a month, I try to batch record. So I do like three or four in a week and then take a month off. And when I do the first one back, I'm like, do I even know? And then the second, like my eyes roll back in my head and it just like yeah. comes out you of become me, the like, undertaker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, dude, I, I can't. I'm uh, I'm stoked that that uh, star is born has been able to stick around in the intro for so long, <laughs> bro. The amount of times. Uh, this is I, I just cut, cut you into maybe something you could wrap your head around to understand about me. The amount of times I've said like, okay, just time to come up with some new shit for the intro. You do it. It's every week you are a, a, a master improviser. Uh, maybe just come up and I'm like, T for sure, we definitely have to. And then the second I sit down, I'm like, ah, I didn't think anything. Okay, let's just let it rip. And then like Jackson Maine has now been here like since a month after the movie came out. I yeah. really, I need to which, which you could tell me came out a year ago or in 2016, and it feels like both. <laughs> Bro, my timeline is fucking broken. Uh, honestly, and I thought this was just, you're, you're a young gent. This is, I thought, was just being old man. But I can't tell when something happened 
except if it was before I moved to LA, which is 11 years ago. Because <laughs> like I could just be like, oh, that happened in New York. So that was over 11 years ago. And I'm constantly saying like, yeah, I met her. It was in LA, uh, so it must have been in the last 11 years. And people are like, you don't know if it was, I don't know if it was two or seven or nine. I have no fucking clue. You're like a person who woke up from a coma. You're like, well, I met her, so it had to have been 12 years ago. <laughs> yeah. She's She she should remember me. I've been following her on Instagram. Oh, she has no idea who I am? Oh, yeah, that has been a long time. Oh, I should unfollow. Yeah, that, that's, the one sound- the funniest, that's one of the funniest things about comedy is you'll be like, oh, that person's my friend, person I met for four hours at a comedy festival <laughs> right. six years ago and we riffed about chili. <laughs> like, the, the amount of times I downgrade live in conversation to someone, I'd be like, oh yeah, my friend Kyle Anderson. I, well, a, a guy I know pretty well and we kind of t- communicate. Well, you know, we're in the same a colleague. Uh, you know, like, yeah, yeah, you like yeah. spiral of like, look, don't ask him if we're friends. Okay, <laughs> That's what it yeah. all comes down to. Don't bring him up to me. Don't bring me up to him. And, oh, don't stop bring him bringing up. him up to me. Yeah. No, let's not ever bring up anything again, bro. Drop it all. <laughs> How you been, man? Dude, I've been uh I've been really good. I've been working on some uh some some like film projects I'm trying to trying to do and been hitting uh, the fitness and getting it and, and diving into work and uh health. With yeah, no fucking it is weirdly everyone's like, Yeah, man, just it's helps with your mental health you're like sure dude they start doing it you're like oh shit okay dude yeah. that's like, what everyone really, in my life is truly right. sucks yeah. how much how <laughs> right. much better you feel because when you're fat you're like nah you're like eating cornbread at three in the morning you're like this is pretty much the best is the feeling it gets for having a body this <laughs> yeah, rules that, I, I can't imagine something better than this and someone's then, like i read a 5k this weekend i feel yeah dude and <laughs> I'm now on like I've been a yo-yo guy my whole life uh, on uh, run hot and cold. But for like a, about four or five months, maybe like six plus months, I was really cooking with health and fitness and I was truly feeling better mentally. I was like, this is crazy. This is awesome. Then I had some fucking personal shit I had to deal mm-hmm, with and mm-hmm. and that, that got a little difficult. And then my health stuff fell off due to like, you know mental and yeah. or just fit and then next thing i know uh, it's like compounding interest i'm feeling fucking and just this week i finally was like fuck i gotta get back to start doing some of my healthy behaviors i start doing it this week i'm already feeling and i'm like oh fuck i can't believe you it's instant how quick i forget i'm like no food and drugs make me feel better and then you do it uh, for like a month you're like i this is the worst i felt since i was 28 or whatever <laughs> like i gotta yeah. get my life together <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's brutal because you start to realize like, oh, fuck, man, if you do actually do it every day, you just feel better every day and it doesn't affect you. And when you stop trying to start again after stopping feels so fucking hard. And so even if like I try to go and I I, like reckon with myself, I'm like, all right, we'll go. We'll do 30 minutes of cardio. It's better than I will. I'll go and I'll do like a small lifting set. Yeah, just shrink it all down. Get that, there. Yeah, yeah. At least you get there. And then once you're there, you're like, I'll do 15 more minutes. Who cares? Dude, that's the sauna for me. I if I if I can't yes. do anything else, I love the sauna so much. I'm like, just go to the gym and do the sauna. And then you get to the gym and you're like, I could fucking probably do <laughs> a little dumbbell shit before I jump in the sauna or something like that. Like that, yeah. that's the what gets me going. And bro, if you just did if if we did if I did 20 minutes on the elliptical every day of my life for my whole life. Yes, there's probably stuff I could like I could add to it or do better, 
But that would be so much more than I've done. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, absolutely. And you're like, oh, I'm not going to go all the way to the gym for just a little workout. It's like, so you're choosing none instead. You're like, oh, yeah, I guess I am. I'm swinging in the other direction. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like I actually the whole reason I got into this fitness journey uh, was kind of I haven't really talked about this with with uh, like a podcast or anything yet. But I went to Universal Studios and I got kicked off of the Harry Potter ride for being too big bro the one where your feet hang yeah me too oh johnny g baby <laughs> uh, last year last year during hollywood horror nights me and some friends went to go on that and they couldn't and, it, and it's brutal because it's like a time crunch so when the guy's kicking you off he's like you gotta go baby because you're like wheeling away because the yeah. ride like barely yeah. stops dude <laughs> yeah. i was like, it was my horrifying wife, yeah, my wife's everyone like, I want to get off. Away yeah. into the, oh. w- w- it's like, also, it sucks to be told you're too fat to be an adult Harry Potter fan. Like, that's brutal. I know. And here's the thing. I don't even really like Harry Potter. I don't even really, like, yeah. I like rides. But Me I was too. like, and I was like, ah, I'll go with everyone because we have the line, front of line pass. Let's just hit it. And then they, and then like my wife's like, I'll get off. I'll get off too. And I'm like, no, now I don't want anyone. I don't want people right. sympathy. That's the with. worst I know. I'd rather drive home by myself right now <laughs> yeah, than have yeah. someone else go, oh, I'll sit within the fat corner with you. <laughs> I, I, I want to talk about that ride for a little bit because I know you in person. I've seen you. We are fat guys, mm-hmm. but it wasn't our fat that it's limited. It's not our that. fat. No. It's that- not our fat. It's our chest. It's our shoulders. It's crazy because that ride is built like my gut fit, but the thing right. wouldn't go down over my shoulders and chest and, and like back. So I don't think there's enough elliptical and uh, <laughs> yeah. swimming in the world to get me to go on that ride. But I have had, and, and that experience is fucking brutal. That it's is eye opening. Yeah. It's I broke, brutal. I broke two chairs on one day on a job where I was hosting a game show. Like, oh my god that fucking bro. humble That's I, so brutal that absolutely i i fucking broke Ugh. my my best friend ben rogers couch at his house i had to buy him a new couch i sat on it and just broke the fucking like support beams and some cheap ass couch i that shit has got me so in my head that if like there's like a vintage chair of any kind i like press down on it with my hand before i sit on it man dude i used to have a bit i used to have a bit about like uh about like sizing up a chair like you're gonna fight it if you're a fat guy before you sit in it where you're like you gotta fucking like what, what are you trying to do bro what are you trying because dude i had i was shooting I need, uh in i need college. like a prescription chair like more like <laughs> Yeah, I need an extra strength chair. <laughs> I, I need a chair that would last a normal person 36 hours. <laughs> uh, good to solve in my system in six. I did. I was shooting this wedding one time in, in college, and I, I sat on this little ottoman, and it was like, it just disintegrated under me, like a fancy little ottoman, like meant for like rich people feet that are tiny. Oh no. man, Awful. tiny unworked feet. <laughs> yeah. Man, this is like wildly relatable. I mean, surprise, surprise, <laughs> the two of us having a conversation. I'll say you're where... way in. We're we're at the same weight right now. <laughs> also, <laughs> so it's literally I weigh That's myself so... today. I'm at two ninety nine. <laughs> it's so fun, man. I was over three hundred for so long. Uh, it's nice to a... be right in that zone again. It's yeah, a big. I was. My buddy Ryan uh, posited it as. Yeah, you know what? Even if you're still struggling, struggling to stay under 300 is better than struggling to stay under 320. 
And I was like, you're hundred percent. Cause I, I had done that thing where I've, I've talked about this before, but it's topical now that we're talking. I had done that thing where I'm like, yeah, I weigh 300 pounds. Yeah. I weigh 300 pounds. And like for a couple of years, I wasn't weighing myself. And my wife goes like, do you think you really weigh 300 pounds still? I'm like, well, yeah, I didn't lose any weight. She's like, no, no, no. I mean, like <laughs> you may like you are, you've been saying you're 300 pounds for a couple of years. You've clearly put on some weight. I got on the scale and it's 325. And I was like, okay, I think the scale needs to come back into my life a little bit. A little and bit. <laughs> I, and I need to get this under 300. And then it's been like a two year journey. Now I'm finally on. And I, at 300 pounds, I ran fucking two half marathons. Like I can't, I, can't, I think I'm supposed to be kind of heavy, but I also think that's a lie. I'm, I tell myself every. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm a, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a Nordic. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm part Nordic. I'm part Jewish, and so hardy like, those people. Of, yeah, hardy, hardy people. Anyone who has like a, a built heavy, for survival, a heavy sausage. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. My mom, my mom is Native American and and Jewish. I'm like, she's gonna live to be 400 years old. Like you can. <laughs> <laughs> oppression presses you in from a coal into a diamond. That's yeah, like, it's, I mean, one of the most oppressed people in the world. <laughs> yeah, she's. Uh, I'm like injecting her with uh with the the insulin from Flower Moon. We just gotta slow her down. <laughs> this is just gonna slow we, her down. Right? We just gotta make my mom stop going to DC. That's all. <laughs> That's. That's fuck. I mean, and I'm proud of you, man. I've been following you on social media. You know, you're fucking hitting the night swimming and we'll get into our topic at hand. But this is, I think, important for listeners. <laughs> you live a weird life, you know, yeah. timing like uh, not weird, but totally. not traditional timeline totally. to most people. But you found something that works for you. Mm -hmm. And that I think like and even you like like we both like to swim. We're both swimmers. Uh, the fact that you found a pool that's open like all night that you can go <laughs> swim in like that's the shit that you kind of as you get older, you realize you have to do. You're like, well, if I want to stick like if you were like, I'm going to go to the 1030 a.m. yoga class every week and you don't really like yoga and you don't really like waking up early, you set yourself right. up for failure. Right, <laughs> dude, that's that's the thing. I OK, so like a couple years ago, two or three years ago, I was like, I want to fucking surf. I've wanted to surf my whole fucking life. I want to fucking surf. And my buddy's like, cool. You have to get up at like 5 a.m. And it's cold. And and also I went to a surf shop and the guy was like, you're going to need like a 21-foot surfboard, buddy. Yeah. You're going to need. Take it from me, a surfer who is 299 pounds. Yeah. You need to use like a fucking kayak. Like yeah, he tried to sell me like a wall of a building. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like truly like stand-up paddle boards. Like people are yeah. like those huge unwieldy things. It's like I've only... I can only stand up on like a 10 foot foam top BZ. Anything else, I <laughs> yeah. think I'll fucking shatter. And yeah. so, like, I went out and I fucking tried. I tried my fucking little ass off because I'm a swimmer. I was like, I can paddle out there. Dude, I fucking could not. Different muscles. Dude. Totally I'm different you, muscles. It's brutal. I'm a totally very good different swimmer, very bad paddler. <laughs> yeah. And so, I like, I, you know, that was a thing for, for me. I think like trying to find like really something that works for you and works for your lifestyle, like, like, Surfing was never going to work for my lifestyle. I was never going to get right. up at 5 a.m. and drive <laughs> to the west side and like get right. in and the then, water at, before six in the morning. Like, that's not me at all. No, no, that sounds fucking awful. And it's like when you take like because, you know, you get the advice from everybody when you do this. You, know, you got to do this. You should do this. And you're like, it all sounds good or makes sense or works for other people. But all that matters is if you do it. Like, you know, mm -hmm. we I'm sure you have a few of these friends. I have a few like weird comedy friends who are 
older guys now who have like no background in fitness, but I'll like see them post on Instagram another 12 mile walking day. <laughs> it's like, oh, they're just weird. Like I'm a weirdo who likes to walk and listen to audiobooks, And so I get my fucking thousands of steps in and I'm like, it's whatever it fucking takes at this point. You know, that's the I mean? other like, thing yeah. was like, I started being like, you know what? I'm just going to start walking and try to hit the fucking, you know, the the arbitrary 10,000 steps a day. Like, because it just sounds yeah. good. It feels like a good round number. You know what I mean? Like, and it does feel good to walk, dude. Holy yeah, shit. It does. I, I like discover, you know, I, I lived in New York City for so long. So walking was like passive activity. I didn't realize I was doing it. And then after living here for like eight years, the pandemic hit and my wife was working from home on Zoom meetings all day. And I was like, well, I need to get out of the house for a couple hours. No public place feels safe. I will <laughs> smoke this doob and walk for three hours. I, yeah. like I, I would do this shit where I would just be like, all right, I have to mail this envelope. I'm going to walk to this post office in Beverly Hills. <laughs> like, <laughs> like give yourself side quests. I give my truly I'd give myself errands that were huge side quests. I'd be like, oh, I got to pick up a prescription at CVS. OK, that's one point six miles away. I'm not going to drive. <laughs> and like, yeah. And then I also side side thing uh, walking in L.A. especially, there's so many businesses that you drive by, like so many blocks you drive by or houses you drive by where you just the details all blur together. Mm -hmm. And then when you're not when you're walking and you're at that speed, you're like, what is this store? A vacuum repair shop in the most expensive zip code in Los Angeles? Yeah. yeah. How is this so in between two huge fucking Apple store dispensaries is like a like a old Ukrainian woman fixing <laughs> vacuums. It's like yeah, a dream. this is a like, store. It just sells paint for Armenian figurines. Yes, <laughs> like exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, do they mean army figures? No, they mean Armenian. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay, yeah, fuck. And, it, and somehow, it's somehow like taking like the old Din Tai Fung in like the gallery. Like it's got such a huge space. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> like, right, dude. That's there's like there's this like this store on Fairfax and Melrose that's been it's called like it's a huge green building and it's something something hydroponics. Mm -hmm. I moved here 11 years ago. It has never been open. <laughs> it's got to be like $7 million <laughs> worth of real estate. I have no fucking clue. At Fairfax and Melrose. Like, like well, that, that dude, is peak. There's <laughs> like, like there's a there's a little bar. It used to be like a Cabo Cantina or something like right by the comedy store. It just got turned into like a Five Nights at Freddy's like pop-up thing. Uh, but it's right on sunset um but it, it like for months for probably like almost two years it was just like totally shut down and like it looked like it was in a ghost town like full of garbage and stuff and i'm like how can this afford to not be a bar like how could that, you afford this this is where it gets weird into like the producers level territory with these like real estate <laughs> where it's like actually if we open a business it starts like could start losing money but as real estate it just constantly adds value in los angeles because everything goes up in price so they're so weirdly wild. these assets are not depreciating at all despite it being like an empty lot and and it's like wait so it's incentivized to not try to open something like you know it starts to get weird where it's That's like so it's actually better yeah and it's like it's actually better if nothing opens there it's like well not for the people who live in the neighborhood <laughs> yes for the landowner but no one gives a fuck about that like that's i live off of melrose in the weho area and there is like we have like seven high-end rug stores that are the size of department stores 
And it's like, what? God forbid, one of these was like a cafe or like a, a <laughs> right, gourmet, right. like an organic market or something. Like, right, right, or or like a like a, a co op to help like yeah, unhoused even people better. or yeah, something. Exactly. Like yeah, I'm, I'm being selfish. There's even there's tiers below. There's <laughs> right, tiers right. There's off all of kinds my of, wants and yeah. needs that are even more important. Yeah, I, I used to work at this office uh, for this like awful ad agency in uh, in Sino. And I would drive home, and there were three competing chandelier stores on the same like block. And I'm like, you couldn't open a chandelier store anywhere other than this one block of Encino. And there's got to be some shit like, well, you know, the chandelier district has been just in South Encino. And you're like, no, that doesn't seem like a thing that needs. We the can tap district. into the main line of Encino's power grid here. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. We got all the power we need. You try to open one of these bad boys in like Northeast LA, you'll fucking drain it. <laughs> like okay, man, whatever. <laughs> uh, but something uh, we talked about. Oh, first of all, the the funny like I talk about this on the pod all the time. But like going back and forth with the potential guests of like, oh, what are we going to talk about? You were like, we could talk about. Being heavy, lifeguarding, like it was just like seven things that I was like, yeah, these are like the core tenets of my personality. So, yeah, I, yeah. I was like, I did, I did, I only lifeguarded ever. You would love this because you were like a beach lifeguard, right? Yeah, but I so did. You, you were I a real lifeguard. But I, I lifeguarded at the Hofstra Swim Center and pools and uh, apartment pools, too. Like, I, I did it like all the time. So. I, I lifeguarded at a pool that was four feet deep the entire pool. Hell it yeah. was like the dumbest rec center pool ever built. It was the deepest was only four feet. So like when I tell people I, I was a lifeguard, I feel like it's like I have to be like, you know, when somebody's like, I'm a doctor, but they're like a dentist, you know, and you're like, all right, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of true there. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, wh- the topic that you threw out that I, I latched onto was because uh, recently I, I had been talking about being a comedy nerd before being a comedian and how that affects your path or what that brings, how that brings your energy into it. And I think that's true for a large amount of people, but I don't know how many people would admit to being a comedy nerd. Cause it now, once you're a comedian, you're like comedy nerds are fucking lame, dude. <laughs> you're like, yeah, oh, it's yeah. kind of like, it's kind of like, like wrestling or whatever. Right? right? Yeah. Like, they're not supposed to be like big fans of wrestling, but they all kind of secretly were. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So th- there's that vibe, and you, r- but also you run into people who are like pre- pretty fucking good, or not, like, I-, I was going to say successful, but I'll remove successful and just say pretty fucking good comedians that I'm like, yeah, man, I was addicted to The Simpsons. They're like, I never could get into that. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> or it's like some people that are like, like the, like the, quote unquote like cool guy comics that are just like get into comedy and just like like skate on success like (laughs) very easily and you're like who are your favorite comics and they're like looking at a name written on there and they're like bill hicks and uh, george (laughs) carlin and richard pryor it's like wow you really dove deep into the greats huh (laughs) yeah (laughs) those are like if you ask a majority of like people Mitch now, Hedberg who, who their favorite stand-ups Hicks, are yeah. they'll get these names you'll still mm-hmm. get these names it's so hard to like pierce through on a to non like comedy fans I feel like you know what I mean like the big like I mean I guess you you get like my mom knows who Sebastian Maniscalco is you know what sure. I mean like and like that's like a le- my dad would know his face right <laughs> I don't think my mom would know Dave Chappelle which is uh weird he's he's arguably more famous than maniscalco but 
No one's going to invite my mom to a Chappelle show, but everyone. It would just be really me. funny if your mom was like, I just don't know about these bathrooms. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm, I, I side with, I, I agree with him too much to enjoy his comedy. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know, mom. Uh, but of course, my Ginzo Italian American mother, someone's like, you don't, you don't know who Sebastian Maniscal is? My brother, my brother, my brothers are big Sebastian heads and they took my mom and my mom is like constantly. And now one of my mom's favorite things, and she does this about everything, but recently on the phone, she's like, uh, yeah, I'm actually going to the Borgata next weekend. I'm like, oh, what for? She's the like, Borgata. Well, I'm the Borgata. I'm going to see, uh, I'm going to see Sebastian Maniscalco. You know who that is? He's like the Italian stand-up comedian. I'm like, fuck you, Joanne. And it's like, also, your son is a comedian. Like, <laughs> like I know who some of right. the biggest An Italian in my- comedian. <laughs> yeah, right. And the way my mom talks about him is like, Finally found a comic I like. You know, like, yeah, I'm like, yeah. Hey. <laughs> this little indie guy you may not have heard of. He likes his own mother pretty good. Yeah. Sebastian Maniscalco. <laughs> I love I, when they mess the name up too. They're like, I'm a big fan of Sebastian Maniscalco. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, like that is like such parent shit. It's so funny. Uh, fu- today I was at the liquor store buying some supplies for the Power Hour, and this guy next to me. Um, we're looking at the big rack of little mini bottles. And there's like an older <laughs> man next to me. And I'm like, uh, there's two huge, like spinning trees. I'm like, what are you looking for? I'll keep an eye out over here. And you do the same for me. He's like, I'm looking for Harry's cream liquor. And I was like, okay. And he's like, if they don't have that, I'll have to get Kahlua. I'm like, okay, I'll keep my eyes out. I'm like, I'm looking for Jägermeister. He's like, okay, great. We start looking through and I'm like, what? I'm sorry. I'm an ex-alcoholic. What is the name of this liquor you're looking for? And he's like, it's like, I think he says it again. Maybe it's Henry's. He's like, Henry's liquor, cream liquor. I'm like, cream liquor? He's like, yeah, you like put it in coffee and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, do you mean Bailey's? He's like, Bailey's, yes. And I'm like, and I look and I'm like, right, you are some guy's dad. You are somebody's uncle. You're coming home going, brought home the Henry's cream you said you liked, you know, like. Yeah, he's just like that Harry's razor cream and his coffee. And it all melded together in one. Yeah. And when he was like, if they don't have Harry's, I'll take. And I was like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? But you just saying that reminded me of like just old old people just like lean into like you correct them in the conversation multiple times. Dude, my my wife my wife is Italian and her her mom loves uh, Mark Ruffalo, but will (laughs) will always call him Mark Ruffalino. And like just that's make probably, him a touch more Italian in her mind. <laughs> that's awesome. His agent probably made him change his name from Ruffalino to Ruffalo. Yeah, if yeah. not his agent, it, that's what happened at Ellis, Ellis Island. Island. Yeah. <laughs> he's repped by Ellis Island and Associates. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, not for long. He's a little too pro-Palestinian to maintain his uh, <laughs> representation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was such a good sketch I saw on Instagram that was a. Uh, it was like a an actor calling his friends, being like, "Which hey." Um, which side are you leaning on? Because uh, I'm not sure. Like, it's usually pretty cut and dry, but like, th- <laughs> this one could really go either way. <laughs> and he's like, indeed, it can. <laughs> and then he sees a post. A post comes up that's like, your silence is being, uh, your silence is deafening. And he's like, we're running out of fucking time. <laughs> it's so good. fucking real. Look, if you're struggling with anxiety or depression, you're not alone. I mean, who can blame someone for going through that right now? Millions of Americans are searching for ways to feel better, but feel like they've exhausted every option and don't know where to turn. If that sounds like you, 
then guided ketamine therapy from MindBloom could be a game changer. MindBloom can help you feel better, faster. MindBloom is the leader in ketamine therapy, having ketamine, ketamine, having helped tens of thousands of people overcome their anxiety and depression. MindBloom's expert clinicians and guides can help you feel better in days, not weeks, and you can complete treatment entirely from the comfort of your home. In a study of over 1,000 MindBloom clients, 89% reported improvements in their anxiety and depression after only four sessions. Now, MindBloom has new programs that go beyond depression and anxiety to help you overcome challenges in everyday life. Right now, MindBloom is offering our listeners $100 off your first six-session program when you sign up at mindbloom.com mighty and use promo code mighty. Break free from your anxiety and depression and feel better, faster with MindBloom. Mindbloom.com slash mighty and use promo code mighty. Microdosing. I'm sure you've heard about it. All sorts of people are microdosing daily to feel healthier and perform better. Microdosing all kinds of stuff. But our show today is sponsored by Microdose Gummies. Microdose Gummies deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. Now... I know, and I ha- I know I have a big tolerance, but for me and for friends, the microdose gummies are amazing. They taste good, and they feel good. Um, I've been doing the uh, nighttime ones. Just grab a quick little handful uh, before I brush my teeth, and it just really helps me. Like, um, I do all kinds of stuff to try to make myself sleep better, but the microdose gummies uh, work. I take a couple an hour before I want to go to sleep uh, and like right before I brush my teeth. I'm assuming you guys can take uh, less up to one is a micro dose, you know, and it helps you wake up feeling not too groggy because it's easy to like overdo it with THC before sleep, you know, and then you're like, oh, I'm knocked out. But then you're groggy the whole morning and it's not great. So microdose gummies are making my sleep better and uh I don't have all like the mental background noise or, you know, like uh, my back pain, all that stuff. So I highly recommend you get on the Lumi Labs microdose gummies. They're available nationwide. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use code MIGHTY to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. That's uh, Links can be found in the show description. But again, that's microdose.com, promo code MIGHTY. What and you're you're a bit younger than me, so I, I I love to hear like what were what were you nerding out on comedy wise? Like what was your what got you into comedy? What forced your path into comedy yeah, fandom so, at least before? So so this is so this is kind of interesting. Like I think the biggest difference is that like I had the internet when my sense of humor was like first developing. Right, right. You know what I mean, like. So I, I was I didn't have good internet till college. Like, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it's like in college you could use the internet and like and like find funny stuff, but like my sense of humor was being shaped by like weird internet. Yeah, it was on it was on path with the internet. Like yeah. I yeah. So which I think is cool because it opens you up to more shit than like what is playing on Fox, but it also and and and, and kind of kills monoculture in a good in a good way. <laughs> But yeah. it, it it does feel like it like I feel 
some sort of pride in having had to have watched I Dream of Jeannie for some mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like and I don't and that's just me being old man Gabriel. Well, and also I grew up I grew up poor, so we didn't have cable right uh, when I was growing up. So I weirdly was like uh, my really my first comedy stuff was I was obsessed with like Jay Leno and Conan because they would do their monologues. Yes, and, and, if you, and also uh, when you're young, like that time like if you're not watching Dude. it a clip if you're watching it at night that's when you feel yes. like you're like i'm in grown-up territory mm-hmm. here yeah mm-hmm. and you start and you feel a little more adult and you want <laughs> to be a good you want to laugh you want to go you like you want to know I why they're it. laughing yeah. yes 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 and like that's been like my journey my whole life from a little kid i think yes. that's why i got into like grown-up shit when i was a kid because i'd be like oh i think i understand this joke and then i'd like bring that premise or energy or the same the same thing with like a movie when you're when your parents watch it and go like wow that's fucked up and you're like why was that yeah up i don't even <laughs> yeah or, or your dad is like laughing at something and you're like what yeah. is this he's like oh it's bill cosby's album and you're like the guy from the cosby show well, i kind of think that's funny he's like oh no this is not the exactly the guy from the cosby show and you're like and like you 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 get that like let you feel like you're let into something and arguably the internet sort of manifests that in a way because you're self-discovering. You're right. like almost everything feels like maybe you, you're not sure if you're supposed to. Well, and and you can take stuff to your group of friends and present it as this like I I Hell uncovered no. this. Yes. You know, you're, you're all in the desert and you're like at a dig site. And you're like uncovering and it's like Charlie the Unicorn and you get to show your other twelve year old friends like look at this. Oh, <laughs> hey man, I got salad fingers over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, dude. Exactly. Like, I, but Jay Leno, I remember I would, uh, I was obsessed with him like during the Monica Lewinsky years because my parents would talk about how they would have their friends over and I would have just watched the Jay Leno episode the night before and I would have like memorized a bunch of the, the jokes. And so then I'm like this like seven year old, like this brassy seven year old, like my arm up on the table, like, you hear about this, Michael Lewinsky? You see this? You hear Making about your this mom news? play like a bass on the floor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, Kyle. Oh, Kyle. <laughs> I love my mom being a, a redheaded Jewish Kevin Newbanks. Miss <laughs> 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 Frizzle Newbanks. <laughs> uh, that's really funny because like, that's the same shit I and then you hear tons of stories like that of like people like uh you know I recorded the audio of SNL and listened to it before mm-hmm. you know listened to it in the morning and stuff like that shit is so real and like there's there's some something's got to latch you into it and like if some for me it was and I think I'm feeling this from you too like feeling like comedy like is sort of like a fart would make your dad laugh like your dad might not like really you can really engage with him about something, but a fart would make him laugh or like a sim. You could watch the Simpsons using an example I brought up earlier. This is a little older for me, but watching the Simpsons and you laugh at something and he laughs at something you don't. And then you're like, what is that? Do you remember like, your first big like family laugh? Like your first big like a, a bit that from like when you were really young or something that actually hit. Dude, I, I have do. a good one. Yeah, I do. And it might be. It might be a sort of forced memory because it is on camera. The day my dad got a video camera. Oh, it was amazing. like 1993 or 1994, like a big beast of a camera. And my dad was a, a stagehand, a grip. So he was like aware, like he, want, yeah, he was on the forefront a of getting camera. a camera. Yeah, yeah. And he got like just like an, the first one that came out for like home use and it was a beast or whatever. And, and 
where where we also it was Christmas. We also got these Yankee and we're <laughs> New York Italians. So we got these uh, Yankees nightlights. <laughs> And, Hell we yeah, had, dude. and it was we got him on Christmas Eve and we so had, that Santa can know to leave a meatball by your bed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, melt the mutts on top, baby. Toast my, my, Mike, yeah, Cal, it, uh, Mike, Mike Falzone is almost what I call him. Mike Falzone has a really funny bit about uh, being Italian with an X. <laughs> That's really funny. We uh, and the, on video, it's my dad's like. So what'd you guys get for Christmas? And it's me and my little brother who's like, we're three years different. So, and we got to be like nine and six, eight and five, something in there. And and my little brother is, uh, he's a principal, but he's very funny as well. And so is my right. other brother. Like my whole family is very funny. And we're holding up these nightlights and, he, and we're like, we got these nightlights from Pop Pop. And he's like, so what do you think about them? And then we like look at each other and I just look back and go, they suck <laughs> way too young. And like my dad laughs. And then like he, of of course he's like, and I, he's like, come, come out, come tell your mom about the night. Like, you know, it's like now we're getting paraded around and like, and what's getting a good reaction everywhere. And you, I'm getting, I have literal goosebumps, maybe, you know, dead dad memories, but also memories of getting, of, of, of killing joke. Yeah. Like, kill it, killing, killing and not knowing that it's a thing you could ever reproduce again is such a like goosebumpy feeling. And it's, a, shit, it's, yeah. it's a dragon that you chase for. Yeah. It's like, I wait, mean, I can why. make my own heroin. <laughs> like, right. Right. I, I remember yeah. my sister, my older sister was in like a, like a youth law program. Like they were like helping you like maybe become a lawyer one day when you're in like high school or something. And it was like this big award ceremony. And there was this like important judge. He was like the big deal that he was there to like present this, you know, like accept this like lifetime achievement award or something. And so it's all these like lawyers and stuff at this like fancy gala. But this, uh, this judge had this very like, he had this like Pixar character walk <laughs> where he was just like really like, like throwing his hips around and like walking with like his pants super high up. And as a little kid, I just thought he had such like a cartoon. I would do this as a kid. I would like mimic how like different cartoons walked and and stuff. Hell you know yeah. what I mean? Like be like, I'm gonna walk around like Goofy or whatever. And so I started walking around. It was like a buffet style thing, so you could like get up and get food. And so I started like walking around, like kind of behind him, doing like the same motions. And I was like killing at these tables of like random lawyer adults. So like all very like serious adults were like noticing this kid making fun of this judge that they all I learned now like they all hated because he was right. like some oh, hard ass judge. At minimum, they all recognized how he walked too. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. even if they yeah. liked him, they were like, he "Does walk like that?" <laughs> and so to see this little kid like like roasting this this guy with physical comedy uh, was that murdering, so and my sister was awesome. so mad at me. Like my sister was furious but even i knew i was okay because my parents were laughing yes yes that's and when how you, know you have that when you have that approval like in high school i got in trouble uh we had this <laughs> he like worked at the school but he had gone to the school a couple years before and his name and i won't say his name i guess but <laughs> he was he was like very cute and he was like very cutesy and we found out he was like a like trying to be like a male model and uh, he was like a real jerk to all of us students, though. So like we all kind of like when we found out he was a male model, we found his like model mayhem page. <laughs> oh, uh, <yeah. laughs> and as a joke, I had made like a, a T-shirt 
that said all I want for Christmas is uh you know and then his name and I had one of his like modeling like Christmas pictures on it and I was like should I make these and hand them out to the whole like <laughs> the whole senior class oh, and man. <laughs> and I got I got brought in and I got in so much trouble and uh my my parents uh were laughing though the whole time I was in like we were in the room with the principal and I was like, okay, I think I'm good because my parents think that this is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. It is objectively funny. It's probably just rude. If not, and, right. at, at most it's at considered most it's, rude. It's a rude thing. A 17 year old did. Right. You right. Know? At best. It's like, this is an absolute waste of my fucking time. That's how we got like Saturday detention for fucking uh, playing like, blowing saltines all over each other at like a, at a lunch table and i remember just weekend detention and my dad was like what the fuck did you get in trouble for it was like yeah and he's like ah and, and like he never even he never the rare time like your parents side with you over the school like you know you see all these things now like my son is actually this it's like my parent my, my teacher would be like your son is fucking garbage my parents were like we told him that <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like I'm like, hey, j- fucking fight alongside me for a little bit. That would be nice. <laughs> yeah, it was. I I also remember though, like my grandpa uh, introduced me to a lot of older comedy stuff that I would have never found. So oh, like, cool. my grandpa got me into like Charlie Chaplin weirdly when I was a little kid. So I was like six and like really into like Charlie Chaplin VHS collection sets. <laughs> That's funny because, like, when you like really buckle it down, it is like Looney Tunes. You yeah, know it's what I mean? it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's funny, like, because it because now I could imagine trying to put that on for like my nephews and then have like you know my nephews who have like virtual reality Iron Man masks that like you know and I'm like hold on no you gotta <laughs> like they couldn't even watch an episode of my TV show like me being in it wasn't enough to hold them for like 20 minutes <laughs> right <enough>. right <laughs> and it's like that's your uncle that's uncle nani the guy who's sitting next to you is on the screen that doesn't even fuck also that's another thing i've noted uh, this is a, an aside but i think being seen seeing videos of yourself used to be very novel right like it used to be like holy shit so and so is on TV. Like you would be so excited when someone you knew was on the news. Mm-hmm. Now it was because such a of, big deal. It was such a big deal, and now because of video phones, it's like you're just always you can always look at a video, of, and people would like bug out when like wait, rewind that. That's me. That's what I look like. On I I remember mm-hmm. working a job really early on in the business, uh, being in a writers' room with. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'll just name people. Uh, I was in a writers' room for like the Spike TV video game awards in like oh seven or oh eight. Kurt Metzger, uh, pretty successful and now yeah. weirdly intense uh, stand-up comic. We, w- I had shot a bunch of sketches being a UCB kid, but being stand-up, he hadn't like shot anything yet. He was on stage mm-hmm. every single night. But the second we filmed the sketch, he's like, whoa, whoa, hold on, go back. And then he's like, I guess I watched him like experience how it could be cinematic, and it like blew his mind. And I'm like, oh, this is so run-of-the-mill for me because I've been doing like – we're shooting fucking stupid, dumb sketches and intro bits for improv wrestling or whatever. Totally. And, I'm, and, and this guy's and I'm like, oh, fuck, that's why. And so now when I see like my nephew, I'm like, look at this. It's a video of me. And he's like, yeah, I have a video of me on my I have 2000 videos of me on my mom's phone. You're like, oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> I tried I tried to make so many like YouTube videos and stuff when I was like younger, when I was like, you know, 12 or so, because that was like when that whole thing was first. Starting, I could only imagine. You know? 
I could only imagine if that shit was, I would have like, I would not be ever working again. I'd have changed name and <laughs> right. being like Europe. Cause I'd put out the most, me, I, we had a public access show. We did a public access sketch show on Long Island called the Hammerheads. And then me and my friends did another one called Studio 53. Like we tried cool. to fuck it. We were, and we edited everything in camera, like where you'd be like record and then say your line. I'd pop, stop and go, all right, now record, say your line. Okay, stop. Now mm-hmm. record, say. Mm-hmm. And we just did everything like that. And it was so fucking jarring. But if we had the fuck, like, do you have any of those YouTube's? Like, are are they humbling, or do you see like honor? Oh, they're like, you're so like- they're so humbling. <laughs> I mean, they're 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 brutal. But there's <laughs> there's occasionally like a small thing that in there that I'm like, oh, I don't hate that. That's not awful. And you, know you could I mean? also be like, like, man, if a fucking twelve year old kid brought this by me, I'd go, what? you actually that is a little something. Okay, you're, yeah, you're on like, stumbling on something. You know, okay. I you know and. uh so making those sketches and stuff like that was definitely something I was always trying to get like a sketch group together when I was a right. kid. Like I was always trying to get like four or five of my friends to like really want to make a web series or something <laughs> like because I love like angry video game nerd and those guys who were able to like make like internet videos, but a little more cinematic and a little more right. interesting. And that's eventually why I went to like film school and stuff. Cause I was like, I want to be able to make sketches, not look like shit, yeah. <laughs> like sound off. That's awful. so funny. I wonder in the younger generations, how many people were inspired to to like study film? Be- oh, dude! Through so that many route. people, so many people in my film program were like had YouTube channels or like right makes total you know, sense. Did did stuff, you know? It's like kind of the de facto YouTuber <laughs> job is like I want to go to film school and d- direct. I get. <laughs> I went to co- I went my freshman year of college was in the year two thousand, and the teachers taught reel to reel editing in the production classes and. <laughs> I learned Avid from a dude in my sketch group because we started making digital, uh, uh, not digital, but I had a, I got a Sony digital camera for Christmas and we, I use that. You know, I'm Italian because like anything good I've ever had in my life, I got on Christmas. It's always like, <laughs> that's why I have such good um, willpower for like treating myself because that's everything is so like, relatable. gotta wait till Christmas. It's like always like, well, you can ask Santa for that. And my parents would be more generous than I could ever imagine every Christmas, but we had to hold out for it for some weird reason. That's I think so funny. I think like my dad's overtime at the fucking at Fox Five. My like my thing my thing like was that. I could always convince I could get my parents to figure it out. They could maybe my grandparents and parents to go in together on it or something. If I could sell it as educational. Yeah. As having that edge that that like I got them to buy me a camera by being like I'm teaching myself photography like it's edge you know what I mean right like those the computer are good swings. was yeah, for yeah. learning right right <laughs> that's so fucking smart that's a savvy young kid right there uh that that is jumping back to uh, getting I got into sketch comedy and then would eventually do live sketch comedy first before I even did videos because that's just the technology timeline for me. Wow. Yeah. But, totally opposite. I was probably doing sketch comedy when I was 12, but, uh, but playing all the characters or getting one of my friends to do it with me. Right. And, right. And I don't know if I've still, I've maybe done a sketch or two live, but I like live sketch is not something I've ever really, uh, ever really done. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And so I, I got into sketch from you, you brought up angry video game nerd and that I want to uh, me for me. It was like, SNL, obviously, but then like the state, the state, and kids in the hall, 
Like those were like so paramount. Like and and they would just run those on. Con- well, the state I I was like, I'm old enough to have watched it on MTV. But like there was a period of time, and this was when I was a little older and like in high school. But this was like my master's course in comedy. Comedy Central was air either the truncated SNLs, Conan, uh, mm. Kids in the Hall, or some new original they were launching. And then, like, eventually went to movies. But fucking watching old Conans all the time was, like, <laughs> so good for me. <laughs> like, emotionally. Like, that shit was so inspiring and so funny. And I, I think there's probably, like, people around people my age, like, hundreds of us who, like, watched The Simpsons as kids, got into comedy, and then landed at this, like, when Comedy Central was also, like, fully, like, before they were into like fully original content, they were just well, and then and then you get then you get older and you start to piece things together, and you're like, oh, okay, so three of my favorite episodes of The Simpsons were also written by Conan or like his little group of friend like when guys. You fu- when I found and out, then, dude, what you're monorail now, <laughs> like <laughs> this must have been like when Martin Luther came up with like the ninety five pieces because when I I was so into Conan when I found out he. I didn't even care what episodes, but when I found out he used to work at The Simpsons, that blew my fucking mind. I'm like, but these are two of the funniest things I've ever been part of. I'm like, he's the common denominator. You know, yeah, now yeah. I know I have a little bit more about how the industry works. But at the time, I was like, this guy's a fucking god. He's had two of the best jobs I've ever, two of the best shows I've ever watched in my 18 years on this earth. Have you, have you seen that? Uh, there's like a Conan Simpsons like roundtable, like writer's roundtable. No. Okay, you have to look this up. You'd love this. So it's it's Conan and a bunch of the like season one through probably five like Simpsons writers, like the OGs. Oh shit! And what's amazing is they treat Conan like he's like an open micer still, like right, he's like the he, baby he was writer the in the room. He was the baby right. writer because that dynamic weirdly doesn't change as, as someone who's now been doing comedy around some of the same people for twenty years. <laughs> exactly. Like I'm always just like, yeah, that guy fucking drives me crazy, and then I'm like. Actually, to be fair, I think I'm judging him on his 23-year-old self, and he is a father of four now. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He might have a different vibe. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's a funny video because they like they like talk about how like they thought his name sounded so dumb on his like writing sample. Yeah, they were like course, we yeah. they were like we called him to make fun of his name. Like we didn't even call him to offer him a job. We called him to be like, so what are you like an Irish like, <laughs> like barbarian? barbarian? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking oh man, I gotta check that out. Uh link me that shit after dog. Yeah, I will. Um uh, but no, like I think like so I remember what, my grandpa what makes this, just real quick before yeah. you get grandpa, what tweaks it from cause cause what we're describing is like what tweaks it from fandom to nerddom? You know what I mean? There's like mm-hmm. there is some sort of what is that metric that we're measuring there? Cause like you start to think like I think thinking about it like Conan wrote for The Simpsons and that show. Oh, and like putting and like going deeper and saying like why do I think this is funny? Why did I like this? How how would this repeat? Like well, and what? that's why podcasts I think are cool for people to nerd out into because you can see like and pick up on dynamics to be like oh these guys from this show and these guys from this show are actually they're friends right and have been for many years. You know what I mean? Like oh that's so cool. You know, like, and you can sort of like nerd out in the almost like how you nerd out in like how all the Marvel heroes connect. 
Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, of like, oh, yeah. this guy's in this dude's run for four issues, so I can go <laughs> right. listen to I go listen to him talk about why Iron Giant is great. Yeah. <laughs> you know? oh, these two guys that used that did comedy together for like ten years have two separate podcasts, but I like both of them, so I bet you I would have liked the comedy they were. You know, like yeah, all exactly. that shit. Yeah, yeah. That's that's. That's no, fun. like so. So I remember, like, uh, so with my grandpa. It's funny you mentioned the state. Um, I'm obsessed with like mockumentary. Like, it's like my favorite. Like, I love documentary now. I, you know, obsessed with all that stuff. Oh, documentary um, now is so. I love parody. That, that that episode they did. I don't know if you saw it with the Dushkur Mountains, where it's no. like. I have okay. watched. Is that the newest season? It's a newer season. You have to watch. It's a two part one. It's it's they're doing. Um, uh, what's his name? Solo? Uh, oh, you know, he, he talks like this. It is Werner Herzog. Yeah. Werner Herzog. They're doing a Werner Herzog where he's, uh, it's like a parody of that, where he's, a, he's this director who is shooting like an intense documentary about like the, the trials of the Dushkur people who live in the harshest of all basins in, in the, in the world. And he's also filming, uh, a sitcom, pilot the bachelor nanny for cbs like simultaneously <laughs> <laughs> and it is the funniest fucking oh, that's thing awesome it's I gotta so watch. good i uh, love they do such that i mean they're such they funny go in people, so deep but like, it, visually they also, yes they like i love because parody is what first taught me to understand comedy like mm-hmm. even like trying to mm-hmm. learn like the ucb idea of game when i was in my 20s the one that locked it in for me was when i took like a movie improv class and it's like you just like oh i get why this is funny in hot shots because they're matching this thing that remind you're like oh that would be funny if like imagine in top gun if blank if they did this instead you're like oh right. and then you get to see it in the movie you're like oh i see now like yeah. and th- and that's uh <laughs> the douche core mountain sorry i'm on a full side track. go back jump back <laughs> no to i i, I think like that's, that's one well. of the things that makes me so excited about that style too is like like the the filmmaker side of me loves like how they pay attention to the filmmaking of all these different documentaries, you know, whether they're doing the, that documentary about the, the octopus, you know, uh, yeah, they did a parody of that one and they filmed it like, just like it. It was like really, you know, they always crush it. They make the gray gardens one look like gray gardens. Oh, the, the gray gardens it. one is so good. <laughs> when, when it cuts to Fred Armisen, he just has a bowl with ice cubes in the bed. <laughs> Shit dog. <laughs> Because oh, in man. film school, they made us watch Grey Gardens. You ah, know what I mean? Like course. in documentary yeah. class, they made you watch Grey Gardens. So it's like when that stuff comes full circle. But I remember like specifically when I was a kid um, going with my parents went out of town and I was uh, they took my grandma. And so I was just with my grandpa and we went and saw and he's a he's an older, you know, Jewish man, New York, born and raised Brooklyn. Uh, and he we went and saw Borat. Oh, whoa. <laughs> and he was dying. I mean, my grandpa had a hilarious sense of humor. I mean, he would prank people like elaborate. Like he renewed his vows with my grandma, like in the Bahamas, like 50th, 50 years of being married. They ask her, like, do you take him to you know continue to be your lawfully wed husband? She, I do. And it's, you know, they, they have people playing violins, the whole thing. And they go, they get to him and they're like, do you still take Ruth to continue to be here? And he goes. And they're like, sir. He's like, I'm thinking. 
<laughs> this is like classic that's, some good, that's great grandpa work <laughs> yeah, like that's yeah. just classic grandpa right he, there. he went to ucb for grandpa work yeah well look i'm teaching level two grandpa i mean that's half of what ucb is teaching now anyway now listen i'm doing private grandpa work it's 800 dollars yeah, a class. I, I, look we're outside the school system i rented a silver <laughs> studio in silver lake we'll be out we'll be fucking gucci <laughs> but we went and saw borat i just remember him like dying laughing and uh and that movie being so like like formative because it felt like something that like maybe my parents wouldn't even be okay with me watching right right. but i got an adult to like let me into this adult thing yeah mom would mom would would let me let yeah like you know you you used to be able to do that shit with like my grandma and grandpa would babysit us a lot and my grandma would be like you're allowed to have candy before dinner. Be like, yeah, sometimes, you know, like, or, yeah, yeah. Uh, or my, my pop up, the, the widowed uh, Italian grandpa, he couldn't give a fuck. Like, he just was like, I have to just be here. Like, he's like, whatever makes you guys. Ha-. He, we, he would just take us to Nathan's and peel off like five dollars each and just like sit like this at the arcade while like, <laughs> we ran around. Like, he would just do these things in hindsight. That is just like, yeah. And then we would be like, Pop-Pop gave us $5. That's 20 quarters. Like, we couldn't wrap our fucking heads around how much money that was. Oh, I, see, I, I also so remember Borat, with Borat, Borat was huge. And then definitely in that same vein, I remember flipping through the channels one day, uh, probably with my grandpa, I think. And uh, we got to, you mentioned the state, we got to Reno 911. And without oh, knowing yeah. what it was at all, thinking it was just cops. Right, which is the most magical you could ever find that show. Right. And it's the episode, it's like the bit where they had just like rescued this cat off of this roof. And it's like the cops talking to all these kids about how good the police actually are. Like, there's no reason to be afraid of the police. They actually help you. And, you know, he's got like this cat. The other one's got this cat and he's on the roof and he's like, don't worry, I saved it. And he holds it up and then he it slips and he drops it. And there's an AC unit on, like right there. And it goes right in the AC unit and then just red splatter on the house. And it's like such a like quick bit and then right to credits. And I was like, and you think you're watching what cops, is this? Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like what is this? And that's the power of parody, right? Like there's mm-hmm. like an element in there of making such a good parody of cops and having that base of knowledge. You're like there are things you expect, so when it defies expectation, it hits in a certain way. It's like, oh man, that what? Talk about discoveries. Uh fifth grade, maybe it is. Thir- uh, fourth, fifth grade, sixth grade, fifth grade. I'm hearing about a show called. Beavis and Butthead. And it's apparently it's animated and this <laughs> and kids at school's parents won't let them watch it, but it's funny. They put they hit a frog with a baseball bat and you're like, "What?" <laughs> and it's like and then there's like weird music and you're like hearing all these secondhand stories you're like, "I have to watch this show Beavis and Butthead." And then there was this summer that I I was we were living with my grandpa due to some uh housing issues, you know, similar mm-hmm. raised raised mm-hmm. poor. Now mm-hmm. my poor pop my poor widowed pop-up has a family of five and a dog moving in with him. Uh, <laughs> so we we fucking move in there and it's the summer. I know that this show is on MTV. That's all I know about Beavis and Butthead. So we have one TV on in the basement that has cable on MTV. And we run down every 30 minutes that we're awake to see, like, 
it, like anytime it's, it's like yeah it's like at five at five thirty at six at six thirty uh or if it was like seemed like it's music video yeah, it's probably a music there's video. no way of knowing there was no way to know and then one time i ran downstairs and i'm like my brother i'm gonna say his name my brother get down here down here and he comes sprinting down the <laughs> it's stairs actually like, really I, funny that you're like my brother <laughs> My brother, you must Come see brother. this. You must yeah. see. It's like Robin Feast of Locks. Your eyes upon the beavers, brother. <laughs> and we and we sat down to watch it, and like you're talking about the uh, the cat dropping into that fan is such a specific visual. This visual was they had to like paint. If I I might even not be remembering it right. They had to paint. They they got ice cream and paint and somehow confused the two, and like. We're eating ice cream, eating paint out of ice cream cones, and then trying to paint their walls with ice cream. And <laughs> me and my brother could not wrap our heads around what was going on. And there was a lot of that, like, "Shut up, Beavis," you know. And we were like, just felt like I f- we fit- landed in like a magical fucking world where we yeah. were like, "What?" Well, because is- Beavis and Butthead was like felt like something you'd never seen animated before. No, yeah, exactly. It didn't look good. Like, right. you know what I mean? You're like, oh, everything right. always looks good. This doesn't even look that good. That's funny. And then it's like, then it cuts to like a music video about a song, like for a song called Detachable Penis. And you're like, <laughs> what the fuck? And yeah. You're like 11 or 12. And you're like, this fucking rules. <laughs> well, and that's one of those things too, of like Beavis and Butthead for me when I was younger felt like, uh, like an older kid show. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And being able to get your hands on like older kids stuff always felt like so special. Oh, yeah. Uh, We had luck. We luckily or luckily is funny. We were major latchkey kids because like both of my parents just worked and had jobs where you had to work weekends and, and not nine to fives. So my parents were they like they gave over TV rules like immediately because they were like, Mm hmm. It's the only thing that's going to keep these fucking kids alive is yeah, yeah, like, yeah. so they would like we would have we had cable and we uh, we always got the new video game system and like and in hindsight it was just like buying babysitters right mm-hmm, like I would be mm-hmm. like come home from school and you can watch TV until I get home at five you know you like get off the bus at three you're ten and and watch yeah. your seven year old brother until I get home from work you're like okay <laughs> but we could just watch whatever we want so I never had that but there would be. I would not get some stuff and I would, it would kill me. And that's something that I still holds dear in my heart. Like I have issues. I have to like stop going on social media because I'll go on Twitter and I'll be like, shit, I don't know what this is in reference to. And I'm like, and I have to you're know. scroll. You're scrolling yeah. down eight tweets trying to get context. Yeah, and then you Googling. get context yeah, yeah. and you find out it's like, oh, a streamer was rude to another streamer yes, four years exactly, ago. Exactly. Exactly. And then I'm like, <laughs> wait, streaming what? And then like my brain just is broken that I like have to know everything. And that when I was a kid, it felt like I was like, there's this world of knowledge I don't understand. Like I, I could tell that that's supposed to be a joke, but why? Why? Why don't I think it's funny? What am I? What don't I have that I'm missing here? And right. sometimes it would just be like, "Oh, that's not funny." Or sometimes it'd be like, "Yeah, you don't have a lot of context for like if someone's making riffs on like Bruce Springsteen in the Bible. You have zero context for like either of those." And I'm like, "The more I know, the more I can enjoy comedy." And then that yeah. set my spectrum yeah. brain down this like lifelong quest to learn everything. Totally. Well, and yeah. also it, you, you feel like uh, like you know the more jokes you understand 
the more you could lean over to someone and be like, you know, I actually, this is funny. You know well, what I mean? Like, well, once you can talk about understanding jokes, memorizing jokes or memorizing Simpsons lines or um, movie lines. That was like, that's dialogue. As a yeah, kid. yeah. Yeah. That was like, I was in the Simpsons fan club in seventh grade, which was like another kid just made a 250 question quiz about the Simpsons. We had, a, we would do like the, I, People would just and because I have like that stupid spectrum brain where I would be standing there and, and they'd be like, uh, sorry, not stupid spectrum brain, that my brain works in such a specific way. Like I, I'm on the yeah. spectrum. I memorize things and then like whole important things cannot stick. But I'll be sitting out. I'll, I'll be sitting there and I'll be like rattling off the lines from a hook and my friends will be like fucking cackling or I'll be like uh, purple monkey dishwasher. I like, can just rattling off Simpsons references. and My friends just roll. And I'm like. Man, this is crazy, but I like I feel like bad that I'm like cheating by making my friends laugh with the Simpsons. I'm like, wait, I gotta come up with my own and like that's when you learn that well, that's and, when you learn like creating with, like, your own a comedy. YouTube video or something too. Like like those as kids were so quotable and like you just replay the video and you all your friends all quote them to each other at school and like and you, you can get immediate context too, which mm -hmm. you know was kind of lost on and that, but that was kind of the, one of the things I always like, and I would do sometimes, and you would probably do this too, of like, if I didn't understand a Simpsons joke, I would almost like invent context in my head to be like, this is probably what that means. <laughs> like, I don't know who that guy, I don't know really who this guy is that they're referencing right now, but I'm imagining that he's some kind of uh, mean musician or something. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> like, right, right. <laughs> Dude, that's funny. Uh, Simpsons was like one of the uh, one of uh, was a co viewing show. Uh, uh, so we, w my dad would watch that with us if he was home from work. And so that for me, he was like my. I'm like, what's Bart's costume? He's like, that's from a movie called Clockwork Orange. I'm like, is that funny? And he's like, no. What's funny <laughs> is is that a kid is dressed as that. I'm like, why? He's like, the movie's really really intense. And I'm like, okay. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, Clockwork Orange, yeah. Clockwork Orange, you have to see Clockwork Orange, you have to see Clockwork Orange. Like, and it's like that burned in my head. I will see that movie someday. And then like later on, you're like, wait, why is that funny? And he's like, I think that's just a weird word. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, so it's kind of words, great. So, yeah. It's kind of great when your dad doesn't know either. Yeah. And you'll I, ask and he'll be like, I don't know, it's something political or something. I have no idea. <laughs> my dad is like delightfully normal, like normie core. <laughs> <laughs> like my dad will call me about like a new like he'll call me about what happened in the act three of a young Sheldon episode. <laughs> that's so awesome. He rules. And that's why like I know I could take an idea to him and I'm like, OK, if it can make my like comedy nerd friends laugh and it can make my dad laugh, then like it's a pretty crossover idea. But I could tell uh, when when my dad when something's too weird for my dad comedy wise, he'll just go. That was different. Yeah. <laughs> like, I thought my dad would really like Bullet Train. Uh, just because he really likes John Wick and stuff. And I thought he'd dig Bullet Train. And we saw Bullet Train and he, we were leaving the theater. He just goes, yeah, just nobody died normal in that movie, huh? It did kind of suck. It was kind of like Bullet Train did kind of suck a little. I, I, was, I'm with your dad. It was colorful. I, yeah, it was very colorful. I like the water bottle part. Uh, I I did too. <laughs> the extended like Aquafina, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 extended. 
And then there's yeah. also there's also a weird Audi commercial at the end, like, hey, nice car. And yeah. then like a, a telephone pole falls on it and doesn't break it at all. Yeah, and they're yeah, like, yeah. whoa. <laughs> Brad Pitt like pulls off and then it just turns into an Audi ad. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, well, I love I love a fucking normie dad. That that's that yeah. when, when when did you make the jump from wanting to be a f- being a nerd for it and then wanting to do it specifically i'll kick it off real quick i i never thought it was like a i never it was never like considered as a choice when i was young if i had seen young kids being funny on youtube i would have fucking 100 percent leaned in but i just didn't seem like something that was and my parents were never like Hey, you're you've like a you're a 17 year old kid who goes to Blockbuster and rents. You know, like you could work in film. And my parents are always like, "You want to be a lawyer, a cop, or a doctor, or a fireman?" You know, like <laughs> yeah, we can only yeah. have Lego jobs in this family. <laughs> and, yeah, and so I I fucking like uh, I never thought about it until I went to school as a biology major, and then my freshman year, some someone was like, I was just like being funny at like the activities board, and someone's like. Put an eye. I signed up for like, oh, uh, yeah, I'm interested in theater. Here's my, you know, John. Dude, by by the way, imagine you being like a marine biologist and like cracking tall boys on the boat. Like, First of all, <laughs> like what are, were you are, thinking? Dog? I, 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 I'm the same way, though. I, my initial major was fire science. I was like, I'm going to be like a firefighter, but like an investigator. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, also, take it from me. You're going to hit a certain age where twice a day you go like, how much better of my life could have been? Oh, dude! <laughs> every every month and a half, my mom's like, "You're you're big and strong. You should have been a chiropractor." <laughs> and and dude, and she's some, probably right. At some point, when you're like 56 and renting and don't have a dishwasher, you're gonna be like, "If I was a chiropractor, I'd be retired with a house in fucking Maui." Yeah, right now. yeah. yeah. I could live in any city where a house isn't three million dollars. <laughs> A, per- a person, I was like, oh, yeah, theater, that sounds fun. I'll sign up. I was just like putting my name on all these lists. And they were like, put an H next to your name. I'm like, why? And they're like, well, we have like a comedy group here at school. And, uh, you know, you're, you, it seems like you might. I was like, oh, sure, yeah, corny. Then I like auditioned for it, got it. And then over the course of that semester, I switched my major to like film production. I was like, I am. And my, and my dad was an IATSE fucking stagehand. He's like, look, if you ever want to work in television, don't go to college. I can get you a job right. and be making 80 grand in like three years. And I was yeah, like, yeah. nah, dad, not for me. Biology major, going to join the FBI. That was my plan. I was going to be a, be a scientist. A Lego at, job, though. Yeah, again. <laughs> so yeah. you were well, like. I, I was like, I'm going to be. And he's like, good. All right, great. And I'm like, yeah, no stagehand shit for me. And then like, you know, four years later, I'm graduated college, $100,000 in debt. And I'm making a hundred and ten dollars a day as a PA at VH1. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Ah, I chose poorly, <laughs> dude. That is like okay. So so going back to like the things that made me realize I could do it was I had only ever seen stand up done like on the Tonight Show or in specials right. or you know what I mean stuff like that. The thing that that really made me uh, feel like I could do it. One of my friends started doing stand-up when I was about 17. He was probably like 20. And uh but but the thing that made me realize that like maybe I could do this, um, and it's funny because you were actually a part of it. 
uh, College Humor used to do these like black box shows. Yeah, I think at maybe UCB. they were at UCB New York, I believe. CH Live, yeah, yeah, CH Live. Those CH Lives like changed my CH life, bro. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. They were so uh like formative to me to be like, oh shit, stand-up can be done at like a at this scale where right. like I could see doing this. And these guys are funny or funnier than like the people I've seen with specials. Right. Like I've never heard this, of any. I like of this them. more like, than Belzer, you know. Yeah, fucking, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Totally. I'm and a so kid. like this is cool. Yeah. Yeah. And and discovering that through, you know, like I, I found college humor sketches first and then like deep on their website, the CH Live stuff was on there. And then I just like I I would like devour those as soon as they were posted. I discovered so many like people through like like I think that was the first time I saw like Pete Holmes, probably. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like uh Mulaney, maybe like he was yeah, dude, yeah. D, uh DC Pearson was like yeah. I discovered like Derek comedy through that. You know what I mean? That's it's just so very funny. backwards from yeah. how a lot of people found Derek comedy. But <laughs> that is cool, though. Like, so so those were such a such a formative thing, and then being able to show my friends like this funny DC Pierce, like uh, like Hagen Doss bit. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And have that be referenced in our friend group more than Dane Cook's jokes. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and I keep coming back to this: the idea that you can get your friends up to speed with what you're into doesn't happen for me until college. Like, it, it, and even in college, it's still like, come look at my computer. Look at this funny thing I found mm-hmm. on eBaum's world. Totally. It's still, we're still not like messaging them to each other, or emailing them to each other yet or anything like that. But when we were young, it would be like, someone would be doing it and you'd be like, I hope in like the next two years I finally rent Police Academy three. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and now, but like, but by the time in college, the one of the biggest like viral things that we, I, I, that broke my brain, I was I found I found them senior year of college where those Fensler films like GI Joe, uh, those yeah, like edits, the re re-dubs. re redubs of the GI Joe PSAs, I. I was at like a bachelor party with a bunch of foreigners and uh, uh, some people older than me. And I'm like, have you guys ever watched it? And they were like, what are you talking? I'm like, I can't believe I'm 41. I'm here with people (laughs) ranges 35 to 50. Uh, uh, I'm going to play videos on YouTube. And we sat transfixed. We watched like there's a YouTube super cut of him. We watched it for like 28 minutes. Which is like Dude. 40 sketches. Yeah. <laughs> is, which is also six hours of getting random people's attention for a YouTube video. Yes. You know what yes, I mean? Like yeah, that That real. means it was crushing. Yeah. Like, right. Exactly. Yeah. And, and with the graded on the curve. Is there any better feeling than showing somebody a YouTube video and then being genuinely so fucking into it? Dude, it, it feels- rules. <laughs> It feels so fucking good, man. Like, it's so fun. It's just below doing something that someone really likes. You <laughs> yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I love nothing more than to give a recommendation to someone and for them to, like, really love it. That feels so good. I'm like, oh, see, that movie meant a lot to me, too. I'm glad it enriched your life or whatever. And, like, doing that for someone, someone's like, oh, you're, I listen to your podcast when I'm down. It feels great. You're like, oh, that feels so good. But just every once in a while, just throwing something on and being like, 
Look at this guy get hit in the nuts. This made me laugh. Someone watches it and laughs. You're like, yeah, we're all fucking best friends, right? Like life yeah. is fun. And like yeah. it instantly joins you in like a way. And a, it's a it's a weird laughing together at something is super powerful. It's super powerful. And it feels very good when it's well, you. It, 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 it is that that love and hate is what can draw. I, I have a like I have a theory that like one of the quickest bonds you can make with a human being is either like a bit that you are doing, like a quick riff that you're both on the same page on, yeah. or at the, the same power is learning that you and a coworker hate the same boss. Ah, Those are two of the hatred. strongest. Mutual hatred yeah. is great. And especially in that <laughs> in a power dynamic way where it's not mean that you're like, yeah, we both hate the male guy. Like that's right, like, right. yeah, it doesn't have to be me. But nothing is better than finding out like someone who you think is like super sweet and corny hates the same person Ooh, as yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I always you're say like, like Stephanie from HR has a dark side. Yes, yes. <laughs> you're like, oh, I thought we would never get along. Now you and I are gonna be friends forever. <laughs> it rules. <laughs> Learning to, that you could talk shit about a certain person with somebody is so healing. That's an instant fucking bond. That's totally. an instant fucking bond. Also being stuck waiting in the same place. Is as a weird bond where it's like, yeah, I don't know where the fucking guy is either. Like all, like all of a sudden, it's like totally. just being like bone, like yeah, like just today, cops were arresting someone or investigating someone in the building next to me, and two cop cars had blocked our driveway, but they were unmarked cop cars, so they were just too. And I'm like, what the yeah. fuck? And like, and then to another neighbor of mine pulls up, and then this is especially true in like in neighborhoods, especially neighborhoods with apartments, because we're totally. more likely to be talking to people. All of a sudden, there's like seven people in the street going, these fucking cops will park wherever they like. <laughs> all of a sudden, they're all people who aren't even being currently affected by it. We're all like, are we bitching about something that is like a higher power than us? So it's okay to jump. And ever, are we all getting together to punch up? Let's go. And yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. people coming out of their house going, they, they're crazy. The way. Suddenly, then, everybody's a cab and real hard. Yeah, it rules. And all, they, love, <laughs> and you, they love shit like that. They're like, you know, the police, they one time shut our lights off and then they oh dude back everyone like, starts having a little story yeah and it's that like rules yeah and it's like or or like with neighborhood drama it's like this specific apartment you know in january they had some issues with the police and you're like no i didn't know old lady neighbor that i avoid because your dog scares me tell dude, me more <laughs> dude my neighborhood drama is so heated right now and it's just i lived in a, my building in north hollywood had like 200 units and almost no drama. And this building has four units and so much drama. Dude. Because everyone knows each other. Exactly. When you get to 200 units, you can like blend into anonymity. Dude. Wow. The, I my can't old say that one, too high. I, would, <laughs> I would be my old building. I would just be in a, in a, in the elevator with like Chechnyan dudes with ankle monitors. Like that's who was in there. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was all like safe houses. <laughs> like everybody <laughs> was like laying low. <laughs> Everyone did a heist like two weeks ago. <laughs> Shrink that number a little bit, especially in LA. People people be nosy here. I mean, mm -hmm. probably because like seventy five percent of people came here to work in entertainment and <laughs> and still do in some or trickle down to something else, but still have that energy. A lot of a lot of ex theater kids living here, and uh, you fucking get down below. You said two hundred units. You get down to like we have like. 10 units and the building across from us has 12 units and we share a driveway. We are all in each other's business. Everybody <laughs> yeah. knows 
everything about everyone. And like I am like a boundaries guy, even though I'm like mm-hmm. a fucking open book and I'll talk to anybody. Yeah, but your house is different. Your living exactly. Space is I want to be able to get if I want to leave. Like, and my wife and I fight about this all the time. I'm like, if I want to leave my house and get in my car, I don't want to. Like, you're like shit. I can't go outside right now. I don't want to get stuck talking to so and so. And I'm like, mm-hmm. see, I never, I never crossed that. And it's like, I feel really bad. So-and-so broke up with his girlfriend. I'm like, I don't know who he is, no less who his girlfriend is. Yeah. I'm gone. You <laughs> I'm mustn't not- <laughs> get invested in exactly. any of this. You exactly. You have to John Draper through this part. Right, right. <laughs> like- Wait, so you're in a four unit building now. So, so, so we, we have we have this one lady next door. She's the she's all the drama comes from her. And usually she's, the case. she's like uber religious, like to the point where like you can hear her like doing like like tongues in her house, <laughs> like in her unit or like blaring like uh, like Christian music at like seven in the morning. And her son, I think, produces Christian music like in her apartment. Sometimes it's a nightmare. Uh, and <laughs> so one time the she has an above uh, the top floor unit. And so the people below her who are my friends, they were. uh uh, you know they were they were they were fucking as you do, um, at making the sweet love making, <laughs> and uh, she producing a non-Christian that... album is what we call yeah. that. <laughs> Very good, very good, John. <laughs> uh, and so she she I guess uh, they had each other's numbers, so she texts them and is like, "Hey, could you keep it down? Uh, could you keep down your 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 fu- your your non-Christian?" album (laughs) and uh this escalated because they were basically like no that's like a huge invasion of our privacy for you yeah you're not like that that's a this that's kind of part of apartment living is you gotta do you're gonna hear people fuck brief brief aside i talked about this recently we all know for the ground floor apartment people in these you can see into our apartment but do not you do not we pretend you can't Mm-hmm. You do not say mm-hmm. ever talk through the window to me. No, because no, because you do not see me. This I isn't a believe, Wendy's drive-through. Yeah, I I have <laughs> to believe we have to keep up the suspension of disbelief that you cannot see me for when I want to just I need to get a fucking baby wipe while I'm fully naked or whatever. Okay, like right. I like I I, I we, and apartment people like that's the apartment rules. If you hear someone fuck, if you hear someone fucking super loud for like a month in a row and you cannot sleep. You fucking can casually say if you cannot say they also hearing your neighbors fuck rules. That's like yeah, the positive of living ass. in a part. <laughs> yeah. You and cannot these, do it. There's easy ways to like put on your own Christian music and don't hear shit. And the, this couple is like a hot bro couple. Like it rule. Like they kick ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like they rule. Even better. It's uh, 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 ugly people fucking sounds beautiful as well, but hot people fucking helps with the imagination. Yeah, totally. So so uh it it got to the point where she went to their bedroom window. Oh, because they have a they, their bedroom window is like in an alley that we could like is communal. super Christian lady going to the gay couple who's fucking's windows. We're we're getting into fucking like Alabama territory here. Like so, this shit get and not LA. and and she she spray paints a cross under Whoa. their window on the building. Oh. Uh, no, and so you. now one of them has painted uh, like a on a big canvas. It's it's just like the devil giving middle fingers, and it says "fuck you." And they like hung that in the window. 
awesome. <laughs> Which that's kicks fucking, so much ass, dude. That fucking rules. That man. neighbor also has a, a, a welcome mat that says come back with a warrant. And I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think you're building rules, man. That's yeah, awesome. Kicks ass. <laughs> All right. Before we get out of here, one last parting question. Do you maintain your bona fides as a comedy nerd now? I, I, I find trouble with that because I'm, I'm still a big consumer of comedy and it makes me fans of a lot of stuff. And I always get mad at my friends who are like, I don't watch any comedy t- shows. I'm like, what? You're a comedy writer. You write comedy shows. It's like, yeah, but I don't have it in me. Are, but I do feel like I'm like, I can't, I'm watching too much of this. I should be doing, I'm consuming too much <laughs> content. I should be making some in some capacity. Where, where do you fall on that going forward? I definitely don't. I don't really watch stand up anymore. And that I try I try not to watch stand up. Um mostly because I don't want to lift things. I don't want to like Yeah, you don't want some idea to be like buried in your head and be like Yeah. Oh shit, is that from blank? Yeah, exactly. Right. Like and so I think like uh but I do I do watch a lot of like shows still because I think that that's like really important and I watch a lot of video essays on YouTube. Uh, oh cool like which is like that's also kind of a like and we'll talk about this in plugs more but that's kind of a medium medium you do as well yeah yeah Yeah. and it's uh and what i like about it is it's usually the last video essays i've watched were uh oh yours (laughs) (laughs) well it's cool because it's to me it's a it's a medium where you get to i love documentaries obsessed with documentaries i watch them all the fucking time bro i was about to make a great host callback of just saying like well you started with a love of documentaries now video essays are sort of like uh, an in-between of like of and that's uh, what i love is you can make them funny is you can make a documentary humorous and lean into it being a little bit more entertaining than informative maybe Right. You know what I mean? Like that's always the split for me is like how how straight do I want to take this and just be informative or do I want to try to like inject humor into it, which is risky because some right. people will be like, I just want you to have the Wikipedia article set to cool music or whatever. Like, yeah, but I like to. And, and some, to, to, some topics you're like, ooh, how do I do comedy around this? Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's the other thing. More is and like more every fucking day things. in America. <laughs> yeah. Totally. And it's, you know, it's it's tough, but I think like uh yeah, I, I try to I try to watch things that excite me. And a big thing that I've let myself do only really recently is tap out on things that I don't like early and just it, admit to myself I don't like this thing. Whoa. You I know have what I like, mean? Like I for the first time, there's like Marvel stuff where I'm like, I'm a huge Marvel guy. There's like first time there's Marvel stuff. I'm like, I think I'm good on this for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, <laughs> I think Thor Love and Thunder was like the last one I saw in the theater like and and i wasn't even every other one i saw opening night or like the night and now Mm -hmm. i just like i have like such fatigue for for all that but i'm still going to movies on opening night but on that on that flip side i tore through that gen v that yeah me too stuff and i was bored of the boys this last season i didn't like this last season i thought season three was so good i thought it was really good too but it got really repetitive and yeah i also it starts to get to a point it's like okay well are you gonna kill homelander or are you not gonna like we gotta do something here also (laughs) i don't want to throw out spoilers for season three of boys so if you're uh, listening and haven't watched it yes skip ahead like a minute but the fact that like they didn't kill mave annoyed me and they didn't have to kill her, but the fucking we need some stakes in this show. It's like it just yeah. keeps resetting all the way to default. It's like, 
well, Homelander's back completely in power, and the seven have to figure out what they're going to do about him again. Like you're totally, like totally boring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I it surprised me. That being said, that's what made me jump back when I was like, oh, I'll give Gen V a chance, and I fucking was like, this kind of rules, and I just fucking and it felt like it up. had really great stakes because like all these people, all these characters could die. Who gives a shit? Like right, you know, I don't even who know who's shit, supposed like, to be the leads. Right, and, right. Spoiler for Gen V when fucking uh, the Gergen, uh, I forget what the actor's name is, the voice of the guy from SpongeBob, when he fucking dies early, on, you're like, oh shit, okay, they're killing the yeah. fucking. Dean, I all right. I think that I thought he was gonna be a main guy this whole time, and that that gives you good stakes because you don't know the fucking show. Yeah, no, I I think that like uh yeah, I think like just trying to like stay with stuff that excites me because you know there's it's so any easy. Com- in this. Any comedy that excites you now that you watch, like I uh uh well, like I said, documentary now uh, right, definitely yeah. is. I've been uh diving back into um uh always sunny just recently i've been showing it to my wife and oh, who fun. like never watched it and it's like it holds up so much of it holds up so fucking good it's just uh, so tightly written and performed like what's crazy is like eight years ago i watched 12 seasons and i was like or you know watched some insane mm-hmm. amount maybe 10 seasons and i was like okay i'll take a little break and switch to another show but i'll come back and just the show still hasn't ended, you know. And I'm like, yeah. oh shit, okay, I guess I gotta watch like ten more seasons. Like, yeah, it's uh, I, always studies like comedy One Piece. You're like, is there a thousand episodes of yes. this? What is? So, I'm so high. I'm trying to explain it. So <laughs> I watched so much, I didn't even catch up to contemporary then. And I'm like, okay, I'll let this show run its course. <laughs> then I'll finish it. And I was like, that was over. Like that was like a decade ago. And I'm like, fuck, I'm yeah. they're still not done. These guys are. <laughs> these people are fucking crushing it. <laughs> yeah, son, that's a good idea for. I just had an idea for a rewatch, but I don't think it was comedy. Oh, I wanted to rewatch The True Detectives. I just rewatched all Mindhunter, and that was really Ooh. enjoyable. But I want to rewatch some comedies that I love. You know, you know what, my. Oh, here, I'll, I'll say that. Like, here's uh, uh, one more question for you. What's your, like, most basic, like, anti comedy nerd uh, taste? Like, for me, I would Ooh. say one of my things is I watched every single episode of Modern Family. I and nice. loved it. I like Hell watched it yeah. every week. Like not I binged it for like five seasons and then I watched it like every Thursday forever. Is it is it uh in the right vein to say elf? Yeah. Is elf basic? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't yeah. know. Elf is I great. I wouldn't call though. it basic, and I wouldn't even call modern family basic, but yeah, I mean, they're anti like both, comedy nerd. If you're right. trying to get they're not nerdy. Right. If you were trying to get like uh uh, nerd kudos from someone you wouldn't be like well, if you were trying to like, you ever seen this it. elf <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> but that shit is a fucking banger dude, i mean step stepbrothers too like stepbrothers stepbrothers I mean, is those, the best comedy like, i've ever seen in my entire that movie changed my life and it, it came is, out when i was it is life changing <laughs> yeah it is a life-changing movie for sure all those movies are so fucking cool well, old school like i loved all the feral mckay collabs that that dude. meant so much to me Seeing Anchorman in the movies when they have the big reporter fight, I laughed so hard I had to squeeze my dick and piss still was squirting out Dude, into my pants. And I was not I Anchorman was like 17 was or 18 when that movie came out. I was not a kid. Yeah. Uh, like the first the first uh one of the first parties I ever like just like met a girl and made out with her like that night 
was I was wearing this Anchorman shirt, and she was like, that shit fucking rules. <laughs> like, that was the oh, first yeah. thing she said to me, and I was just like, and uh, I think I quoted Anchorman at her eight times, and it somehow still worked. Uh, <laughs> the positive reinforcement on top is, uh, right? is a good help to help you. Well, remember. dude, like, Anchorman 2 was a movie that I remember uh, me and my friends saw because we loved the first Anchorman so much, and I think that movie came out when I was probably in college, Anchorman 2. And, uh, I remember there was like, we saw it, I think a few weeks after it was already out. So there was like nobody in our, in our showing and they do the fight scene bit again, but they like, just keep, they keep it going for a really, really long time. And then weirdly the whole movie is like thrown away in the third act and they're like, we have to make it to a recital. (laughs) And I remember when they did that, I just started laughing so fucking hard. Man, when Step Brothers, when, that fucking broke my mind open when I saw that in the theater. That fucking killed me. I was like, "This is like, this is what everything should be. This is just what comedy should be." But it's yeah, like, I think I think maybe that's one of my most like guilty pleasure things is like Step Brothers, where it's like, or like, because uh, I feel like there's a kind of guy that like loves Step Brothers, loves Rick and Morty. Yeah, and I know, th- those my, are two my, things. My I friend really Richard, liked, my friend Richard lives with this dude Dan. He's a he's also a comic. Uh, and he's like, he's just like a big, like ex ASU lineman. He loves like Rick and Morty and like all the, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. all, like all those McKay fucking feral stuff. Like, and he yeah, just like, just like all the shit that like you wouldn't want to be quoting all the time, but like, but that's why, yeah. but that's why I kill at bachelor parties because exactly, I'll go to your bachelor dude. party and I can make anyone laugh. I'm funny. But also your friend from home who likes comedy movies like I got that. I'm that guy, too. Don't worry. I just tell my own (laughs) material on stage. So I have delivery skills. Now I'm going to add that to doing Eddie Murphy jokes. You got it. (laughs) Right. When you have to be alone with a with a with another adult man and you're like flipping through your Rolodex, you're like, okay, so let's try out a sports joke. All right. That didn't really work. How about a Steve Martin reference? Oh, we kind of like that. Okay. Maybe that's where, that's where you find yourself profiling. You're like, this, yeah, guy yeah. Does, this guy doesn't like sports. You're like, wait, why am I saying that? Am I racist? <laughs> uh, Kyle, thank you so much for talking to me, man. This is, uh, got to talk to the night owl. This is one of my later recordings, but that's what happens when you get to talk to a night owl. Dude, Hi, this Kyle. is, this is so fucking cool. And this is such a, uh, this this is such a cool thing to do because, like I said, I just you know I love I love John Gabris and I love High and Mighty and I've, I've been oh, you thanks, know thanks man long time first time yeah you that's know, so rad you didn't even have, this is the longest call in ever like yeah. okay <laughs> my whack packer we gotta go uh well I we we met when you asked me to do that kids in the yard show which was one of my favorite comedy experiences I had I was like it was a little while ago I was not. That I was still kind of new to LA, still pretty new to stand up, and you were like, "I'm a fan. You should come do like, you should come headline this show. It's the vibes are right, smoking weed, everyone's hanging out." And I'm like, "Okay, yeah, thanks, man. No one wants me to be a headline." And I went there, and I'm like, "Whoa, can you headline doing stand up? Can you do?" Th-? And I'm like, "Got me kicking in that direction." And then it was a fucking wonderful ass show. So I just wanted to repay the like, say, oh, dude, compliment you. you back. That was such a fucking good time, man. Yeah. And I felt like an old man in a way that made me happy. I was like, I saw so many funny people. And now like I punky Johnson writes for SNL, like yeah, saw all these yeah. like super funny young people. And I'm like, 
oh, I feel like I got invited to something cool for the first well, time. And it's you know also I mean? like I, we had so many cool headliners like Punky would come through, Megan Stalter, you. Yeah. Like we had yeah. we had like so for people who don't know, I ran this show for a few years in LA and it was a backyard comedy show called Kids in the Yard. And we would have my my co-producer Justin James. Uh he's like a, a great comedian, but he's also like a an a, like a food network chef. And so he would make these like insane dishes and we would bring up each comedian by like chanting their name. Like they were doing a keg stand. <laughs> um, and like, we encourage everyone to like drink and we would make jungle juice. That was like insanely strong and like $3 yes. a cup. And <laughs> it would just be a rowdy night. <laughs> yeah, You were like, you sold me on it. It was like, it's party vibes. It was a yard party. It really was that. Pe and people were there to see comedy too. It was awesome. Met Josh Scherer that night, uh, former guest of the podcast too, from mythic kitchen. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, just a wild fucking... Uh, but let's get enough plugging shit that you're not doing anymore. Plug shit <laughs> that you are doing now. Because I can gas your head up, too, about your video essays. That Crystalia essay uh, was uh, it was some hard-hitting oh, shit. You, that was thank good, you. man. Yeah, yeah. if you guys haven't, uh, haven't seen them, uh, I have a YouTube channel, Kyle Anderson Comedy. I do these, like, insane deep-dive video essay documentaries about weird topics. Uh my Chris D'Elia one is well known in the comedy community, but more recently I did one where I went undercover working for the Chinese government making propaganda. Uh, You're fucking nuts. I love it, dude. I love it. When you, really when you get fucking black bagged, you'll be the first guest to high mighty that's been black bagged. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you'll have me on for another episode and I have to do it through like blinking oh, Norse code. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, this is not Kyle Anderson. <laughs> I'm like clearly an AI reproduction. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's so funny. Somehow I riff better though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Bring me, bring the AI guy back. Yeah. But uh, I did another one that was really fun that I I really like uh, called uh, about this film series called Dow, which was like a Russian uh, a series of Russian movies made by this this Russian filmmaker that got um, this Russian oligarch to give him like a limitless budget. And he, for seven years, filmed people that lived completely as like character, like a uh, method acting. And they oh. method acted for seven years and he filmed all of them because he started just wanting to make a film about this physicist. But he was like, well, to really make this film and really make it authentic, I have to make the people who live in the cafeteria where he works. I have to make the janitors. I have to make all these people. So then they all needed backstory. So then he was like, well, those should all be movies too. So oh, that's like, cool. It, so, so it's like it's the MCU, about yeah, yeah, and it because it's sort of it's sort of this interesting thing of like he said everything's real in it, where nothing is. There's no scripts, nothing staged. He's just simply directing the cameras where to capture everything, but everything is happening of the people's free will, right? Like they're all acting in this, but there's also scenes where like a woman gets sexually assaulted. So it's like, okay, well, is that? And then he's like, well, that was fake. And it's like, okay, well, okay. and then there's, there's a scene where they like do, uh, like experiments, like torture experiments on babies and they used like Ukrainian orphans who are like probably, probably the people who you could do the most fucked up shit to on the planet without repercussion, unfortunately is a Ukrainian orphan. Oh, and they're like, don't worry, we trade the Ukrainian orphans really, really good. And it's like, did you? <laughs> like, so it's That's this very opaque, wild. like weird, like uh, like performance art thing that grew to this like avant-garde media production and 
it happened for seven years and the films have just started coming out since like 2021. And and like I said, it's like an MCU about this like theoretical Russian physicist. (laughs) Uh, That's interesting. I'll check that. I'll check out not the entire series. I'll check out. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, but those are really cool. I also, I do a podcast uh, with my buddies, Richard Humphrey, who I think, you know, Oh yeah. Uh, I know Humphrey. Yeah. 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 Uh, and my buddy Spike Kittrell, Um, and we do a, a podcast called Development Hell, where we deep dive into the development hell behind different movies or albums or you know oh, cool. TV shows the behind or behind the scenes horror yeah, stories of it behind the scenes horror stories yeah. of all kinds of different stuff. Um, so oh, it's rad. It's fun. You know, if you if you like movie stuff, uh, which you probably do, if you're you know an Action Boys listener or whatever, check out Development Hell. Uh, we're one of seven podcasts with that fucking name. So good luck finding us. <laughs> Listen to all of them. Truly. Yeah, just yeah. get out there. Yeah. Really, really poke around. There's if, one. That, if you like one of them more than ours, you're allowed to just keep listening. <laughs> when we fair. started, we were the first one. And then within a month, like three others had started with the same name. That's and true. one of them is about like web developing. <laughs> I'm like, OK, whatever. <laughs> that's, that's whack. I mean, that's a witty name, but come yeah. on. Yeah. Um. Kyle Anderson comedy on YouTube. Check check that shit out. Check out the podcast Development Hell. Check out actionboys.biz or 101 places to party before you die. Thank you so much for coming on Kai Kai. That that's a nickname I'm uh, oh, accidentally yeah. keep saying as the Kai weed Kai and John John. Johnny and Kai Kai. Uh <laughs> bye-bye shitheads. That was a HeadGum Podcast. In a part of the world where there are no rules. Holy shit. Holy shit, guys. I'm so pumped. I definitely have not watched this since I rented it on VHS in 92. Strangers united by the threat of death. We got all the fucking major players. Seagal. Vladimir Putin is a good man. Arnold. Here, come. Give it to me. I need you to cream pie me now. Stallone. People are loving this movie. (laughs) It's got a lot of heart. You're mentally irregular. (laughs) Now, somewhere... Somehow, body blow, body blow, body someone's gonna pay. I would fucking love for my wife to like see me rip a guy's throat out. But they didn't count on one thing. This movie's fucking insane. <laughs> it's how you know it's a good movie. You have to do almost all the work yourself to figure it out. Well, there's a fantasy component. Yeah. There's some yeah. sword fighting. There's some lightning. Bam, 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 bam. bam, bam. There's a new game in town. You wake up after a few years, and then you don't even know who you are anymore. We're going to be making Terminators. <laughs> We're going to make a really great deal with the Xenomorphs. What? I don't hate them, but I've been in a room. <laughs> yes, I understand. This is now the 20th ending of the movie. I am dark. I'm your dad. <laughs> Action, boys. Boys will be boys. Subscribe here for bonus content and more free stuff from behind the paywall. To get new episodes, become a patron at actionboys.biz. Do it. Do it. Come on. Do it now.